Tonight we're reading from Acts chapter 2 and I'm going to be reading three sections from Acts chapter 2. I encourage you to either listen or read the words on the screen. Acts chapter 2 verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Now I invite our brother to come up and speak and I'll pray for him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that you speak to us. And may the words we hear tonight be your words. We want to hear from you and we trust that you will speak through our brother here tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the hour before sunset is the time of day in South Asia when the weather is pleasant. The worst of the heat is gone. It's the time of day when the women mingle on the roof of our building as they watch the kids play. It's the time of day when the men go out walking. Well, on this day, I left the house going walking, and as I walked past the local mosque, out walked our local imam. I greeted him. I asked him how he was. Where are you going, I asked. Just walking. Could I walk with you? So we walked and we talked. I found out about his family and where he'd grown up. I found out that he had a young daughter back in the village with his wife. A bit later, the conversation stalled. I thought to myself, will I ask him 
about the Bible? Will I ask him if he's read it? Will I ask him what the Quran says about the Bible? Will I ask him what he thinks of Jesus? Fear. He's the imam, one of the most powerful, influential people in our community. Would I offend him? Was I being too direct? Fear. It was just over 12 months ago in March last year when a close friend of ours, a cross-cultural worker from the capital city, came and visited us in our town. Their question was innocent. How's it going in the office? My response? The tears welled up. I sank to the floor, shoulders heaving as I sobbed. The office had been so, so hard. I put lots of my hope in the office. This is where I'd been thinking I'd make really close, meaningful friendships. Some of these men were brothers in Christ. But relationships had felt really distant. I felt superfluous in the project. The project was running really well before I arrived, and some days the most I had to offer was suggesting that they turn the printer off and then on again. It had just been really hard. Fear. Fear that I'd misread God. Fear that I was wasting my time. Fear. My friends simply leant over, placed their hand on my shoulder and prayed. Or Catherine's closest friend in our building. She knocked on the door right on lunchtime one day, asking to put some extra food in our fridge. She told us that her husband, the father of their 18-month-old daughter, had just narrowly survived a nasty boating accident in which two of his colleagues passed away. On hearing this, Catherine and I knew that what we should do is that I should be going next door and I should just be sitting sitting with the relatives who are coming in from the village, sitting to hear his story, sitting to be present. But it really wasn't convenient. It was right on lunch. We had a doctor's appointment that afternoon. But we knew that culturally I needed to go. So I went and I sat on the ground on a straw mat. I sat for about 40 minutes listening to the stories, participating in the conversation I sat next to an elderly uncle who'd come in from the village. And as an aside, to show his love and acceptance of me, he put his hand on my leg and just started stroking my thigh, which was a rather unique experience. Now, I'm starting to get used to living in a culture where there's much more physical touch. I'm I'm comfortable walking hand in hand fingers entwined with my friends back from the market. I was comfortable having the uncle stroke my leg. But it felt a little uncomfortable when all of a sudden, on saying farewell to come back to Australia, an elderly man started stroking my face and beard. That was just a little bit too much.
Well, as I left our neighbour's house that afternoon, I realised I, I could use this event and I could go back that evening. I could take some scriptures. I could take a printout of the story of Jonah. I could take a printout of the story of Jesus calming the winds and the waves. But would I? Fear. Our neighbour is very conservative. Would he be incredibly offended if I spoke about Jesus that confidently? Fear. Or just a few months ago, walking the streets of Box Hill, I found myself thinking, have I been financially irresponsible? Have I set our family to be constantly behind the eight ball? Was it foolish taking our family to South Asia? Fear, the fear of financial insecurity, the fear of future regret, the fear of missing out. Well, it, it truly is my pleasure uh, to be back here again this evening. Um, I'm excited to be with you as Q continues uh, looking at God's great mission in May Missions Month, the great mission of making Jesus known. And I want us to keep remembering as, as Q continues on May Missions Month, keep remembering and keep being really encouraged that as Jeff said last week, no one is in the too hard basket for God. Not the imam, not my neighbour, not any of your contacts, no matter how distant they may seem at this point of time. Well, tonight we're going to look at a number of pictures from the life of Peter and ask the question, what does the life of Peter teach us about fear and mission? So once Jesus turned to his disciples and he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And after listening to what the, the crowd said, Jesus made it more personal. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And after this, Jesus began to explain that he must go to Jerusalem and there he would suffer and be killed. And Peter took him aside and said, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. You see, Peter had only half recognised who Jesus truly was. Messiah, yes. Suffering Messiah, no way, not accepting that. Peter had not and could not accept that for Jesus, the way to glory was a path of suffering, the path of the cross. And this is the point at which we're going to start looking at Peter's life. If we fast forward just a few days we land up on Easter Thursday, where because of fear, Peter famously denies three times, even knowing Jesus. Let alone standing up to defend him, far less proclaiming him as king of kings. Fear led Peter to deny Jesus. We jump forward three 
days, the afternoon of Easter Sunday. Peter and the disciples had by this point been told by the women that Jesus was alive. Peter and John had even run to the tomb, bent over, seen inside and seen the folded burial clothes. But what were they doing? Well, we pick up the story in John 20 verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Fear. Fear for their safety, fear of persecution, fear of ridicule. The fear was crippling. Peter and the disciples were desperately wanting to avoid the suffering that Jesus had experienced. They were fearful and that fear was crippling any participation that they were doing in God's great mission. How are we going? How am I going? Is fear crippling the degree to which we are joyfully and willingly stepping in to participate in what God is inviting us to be part of? You see, it's easy for fear to cripple mission. So my big question for all of us, myself included this evening, individually and as a group as we do life together, is what are the fears that are limiting our ability to respond more to God's invitation to join in his great mission? Is fear leading us into disobedience by not participating more? You see, all of us are called to be part of the team of God's great mission of making Jesus known. No follower of Jesus is on the bench for this one. We're all on the field. We're all tasked with striving to see a world know the glory of Jesus. All of us can be and should be praying and seeking opportunities to make Jesus known in our streets our universities, our workplaces, our sports clubs, is fear leading us into disobedience? Is fear stopping me from asking a non-Christian to read the Bible with them? Is fear stopping me from asking a running mate if I can just tell him a story that I read in the Bible that morning? Is fear stopping me from deliberately moving to a part of Melbourne with a higher number of people who are living in housing commission houses? Is fear stopping me from moving to a part of Melbourne which has a higher percentage of new migrants and Muslims? Is the fear of not knowing how to respond well to homelessness or mental health stopping us from getting more involved with services like servants' community housing? What are the fears that are limiting our ability to respond to God's invitation to join in his great mission? Fear of ridicule, fear of loss, fear of embarrassment, fear of not being good enough, fear of just not knowing how to act. And as an aside, those questions, they're not hypothetical. They were questions which God has invited me to press into in the preparation to moving overseas. And God has worked amazing things and grown me through those experiences. And he wants to do the same in and through all of us. 
Now, as well as making Jesus known here in Melbourne, we'll see as we continue to look at the story of Peter that actually obedience to God doesn't stop in our city. No, God's great mission and Q Baptist's great mission, part of Q's DNA, part of your deep story, is encouraging and sending and prayerfully supporting and going to see Jesus known everywhere. But back to Peter, hiding behind locked doors in fear of Jewish leaders. On the evening of the first day of the week, when Peter and the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. You see, in our times of fear, Jesus is with us. Jesus enters into the times and places of fear to equip and encourage us. Jesus offers us peace in the midst of fear. Jeff said last week that mission is always an opposed work, but Jesus shows up. And here we see that when we are fearful on mission, Jesus shows up. Peter and his disciples were overjoyed when they saw him. And Jesus then said again, Peace be with you. As the Spirit has sent me, I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. You see, in the midst of our fears, Jesus shows up and he fills us with his Spirit. The Holy Spirit who wants to work in us and transform us, who wants to help us overcome the fears that would otherwise cripple us. So Peter has this interaction with the resurrected, risen Lord. He sees that Jesus has defeated death. He sees that Jesus is alive. And Jesus gifts the Holy Spirit. And then just a few weeks later, on the day that Jesus was taken up to heaven, Peter has another interaction with Jesus in which Jesus makes a wonderful promise. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Sumeria and to the ends of the earth. So Peter has now seen that the path of Jesus, the path to glory, it is a path of suffering. It is the path of the cross. So as we continue to look at Peter's life, we need to be asking, well, is this enough? Is a relationship with the risen Jesus, is the gift of the Holy Spirit, is the knowledge that the path to glory is a path of suffering, is this adequate for Peter to overcome his fears? And is it enough for us to overcome our fears? And the answer, friends, is a resounding Yes, a growing, deepening relationship with the resurrected Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us to to work in us is more than adequate to overcome our fears and to press more fully into God's great mission. Just look at Peter's incredible transformation. Over the Easter weekend, we see him denying Jesus, hiding in a locked room for fear of the Jews. And then just a few weeks later, 
And I, I close my eyes when I picture this, and I'm just amazed because a few weeks later, Peter, standing in front of the same Jews that he was scared of just weeks ago, stands up filled with the Spirit, raises his voice and addresses the crowd. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucify, both Lord and Messiah. What a transformation. And the same power that was at work transforming Peter wants to transform our hearts. And did you notice in the reading how Peter concluded He concluded his message with the wonderful promise that the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit is available for you and your children and all who are far off, all whom the Lord will call. This might be the imam. It might be my neighbour. These are those who are far off. They need to be hearing this message But friends, you and I need to be hearing this message, don't we? We need to be telling ourselves the glorious gospel message that our sins are forgiven, not because of our work, but because of his grace. I need my wife to be telling this message and I need to be reminding her. We need to be telling our kids and our grandkids this message that Jesus is the Messiah, Lord and King victorious, risen. And this message, supported by the glorious gift of the Holy Spirit, is adequate to help us overcome all fears. This message is the fuel and passion that will see us share the hope of Jesus with the lost. This gospel message is the fuel that can help us make remarkable decisions for the sake of God's kingdom. To give with generosity, to speak with confidence to friends in Melbourne, to cut down your hours at work so that you can serve more, to quit your job so that you can proclaim Christ overseas. Now, of course, a a relationship with the resurrected Jesus, it doesn't remove fear, does it? It doesn't remove fear, but it equips us to faithfully follow Christ regardless. A relationship with the resurrected Jesus doesn't remove suffering, but it equips us to faithfully follow him regardless because the gospel of Jesus is more powerful than fear. And we see this Because in his old age, 
as Peter's writing to the, to the new church, he writes these wonderful words, affirming that the path of Jesus, the path of glory, is a path through suffering. Peter writes, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. In this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. This isn't the writing of a man crippled by fear, but rather freed from fear. Peter sees that glory awaits all believers, and it spurs us on wholeheartedly to pursue God's great mission. Will there be suffering now? Probably Do we need to be fearful? No. So what about us? How are we going? Are we experiencing this glorious gospel message transforming our hearts? And if we're honest with ourselves, and if I'm honest with myself, the answer is, a little bit. Not as much as I want, not as much as I think that that person is. Now, We've got to be clear, this isn't about us getting it all together and being better. No. But it's inviting Jesus into a conversation saying, Jesus, I want to know more of your power. I want to have more boldness. I want to be freed from this fear. The starting place is a place of prayer. A prayer to know him more. A prayer for more of the Holy Spirit prayer for more courage, more boldness to share. It might be something as simple as this. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Help me to overcome my fears. Help me to make you known. So back to South Asia, my walk with the imam. Well, I I swallowed nervously and then I asked him about the Bible. I asked him if he had read it and what he thought about it. I asked him what the Quran said, but still fear lingered. I didn't push too strongly. I didn't challenge him when he made inaccurate statements about Jesus. I was still nervous, but I'm thankful to God that he helped me overcome that first fearful step. Dear Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Help me to overcome my fears. Help me to make you known. Or our neighbour in the boating accident. Well, Catherine and I prayed. And I did print out the story of Jonah and the story of Jesus calming the water. And I took it and I sat with my neighbour and we spoke about Jesus. We spoke about Jonah and I left him with the stories. But then again, fear kicked in. I didn't knock on his door a day or two later. I didn't ask him if he'd read the stories in more detail. I didn't ask him what he thought of it. But that's okay. Yes, fear crippled that conversation. But I pray and I invite you to pray that God will give us more opportunities like that. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Help me to overcome my fears. Help me to make you known. Or what about the office? Well, in this context, God was kind. He simply encouraged me to ask the oldest, wisest believer from a Muslim background who worked in the office, 
simply if he would like to pray with me once a week. And for the last eight months of last year, every Wednesday, I would spend an hour or an hour and a half sitting, hearing this mature believer from a Muslim background, hearing his story, praying with him, reading scripture with him, hearing the stories of the suffering that he has been through for his faith in Jesus. And it was a blessing and an encouragement. And by the time we left, this man said to me, through our times of prayer, I know that God has given me a brother in you. And they were just the words for a discouraged person to hear. God was kind. What about my fears around financial insecurity? Well, I just I need to keep inviting Jesus to speak into this one. It's an area of temptation, of concern, temptation to self-pity or a temptation to judge those around me. But I'm continuing the conversation with Jesus. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Help me to overcome my fears. Help me to make you known. Let's all have a conversation with him, asking and inviting him to work in our hearts so that we can participate more fully in what he is doing. So what are the fears that risk crippling your participation in God's great mission? What's the fears that are crippling our willingness to take risks for the sake of mission here in Melbourne? Are there fears of not being good enough? Fears that it's unwise? Fears of financial implications? Fears of losing out? Pray. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Help me to overcome my fears. Help me to make you known. The gospel of the resurrected Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit at work is more powerful than fear. And Q, as a community, I want to be really encouraging you. If you want to be a community that is sending people out to make Jesus known, tell your kids, tell your teens, tell the young adults, tell the early retired that giving 10, 15, 20 years of your life supporting the church overseas making Jesus known where he isn't known. That is not a waste of those years. It is not unwise, regardless of what the world tells us. God is inviting all of us here to seriously engage with the question, am I willing to let go of the easy? Am I willing to let our resurrected king help me overcome our fears and make him known. So church, are you willing to proactively pray, proactively care for, proactively send, proactively support? Parents, are you willing to stand up and push your kids out the door? Not really, but it's hard to be a parent and have your kids go overseas. And parents, are you willing to support them in that? Grandparents, if your kids talk about taking grandkids overseas, would you stand up and applaud 
How much do we really want Q to know Jesus? How much do we really want Baldwin, Camberwell, Glen Iris, Templestowe to know Jesus? How much do we really want servants, community housing, residents to know Jesus? How much do you want my neighbours to know Jesus? Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. This can happen. This will happen when God's people, that's us together, keep putting our hands up and saying, I'm not going to let fear cripple me despite what the world yells at me. If we want to live a life that has the whiff of the kingdom, the aroma of Christ about it, then we throw caution into the wind. We let go of fear and we follow Jesus wherever he would lead us. It will be worth it for for the sake of the King of Kings and his wonderful gospel message. Join with me as we pray. Holy Spirit, please be at work in us right now, bringing to mind what are the fears that are limiting us from speaking about Jesus? What are the fears that make us want to stay in the safety of comfort? Holy Spirit, please bring them to mind and free us from them. Because your gospel message is so wonderful. The forgiveness of sins available for all who call on the name of Jesus. Help us to know this. Help us to live this. Heavenly Father, please help us to let go of fears so that we can step more wholeheartedly into the glorious work that you are doing. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord of Lord, King of Kings, and the one who is worthy of all our praise. Amen.